I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Healthy Matters, presented by Hennepin County Medical Center, a network of neighborhood clinics, specialty centers, hospital, and Minnesota's Level 1 Adult and Pediatric Trauma Center. Please remember we can only give general medical advice during the program, and every case is unique. We urge you to consult with your personal physician if you have health concerns. Now, here's Danny Law with your host, Dr. David Hilden, internal medicine physician with Hennepin County Medical Center, with more Healthy Matters. Right, here we are. This is a quick turnaround from uh, from being inside. Welcome to the State Fair edition of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden is with me, and if you could see us going through uh, different... It's a uh, finely tuned operation, Danny. <laughs> really? And I had, I wanted to make mention, I know you, you have a lot of uh, folks here, not only... Whoa, listen to that. Welcome, everybody. All right. This is an open line show today. That means uh, your general health questions for Dr. David Hilden. I want to say just something for a minute or so, if I may. Okay? Okay. Have All right. I don't know what to expect. No, 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 no. We, we, we started this show, I, I guess we're getting really close to 10 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And Almost our 10th anniversary. This is a little inside story, but how this all began was management came to me and they said, uh, we want to get uh, together with Hennepin and, uh, and have a, a health show. And we want you to uh, audition doctors to be the host. I went, sure, I'll do that. So Hennepin sent all these great doctors over, and, and uh, we went through a kind of a mock show. Uh, I remember show. That, yeah. And uh, uh, long story short, I said, this is the guy. He's got a natural ability to be a host. Not everybody can do that. And I, seriously, I mean this as, as most seriously as I can. Uh, he is a great doctor. He's a great host. But he, to me, and you didn't know I was going to say this, but he's what a doctor should be. He's smart. He's he's caring. And he doesn't take himself seriously. Now, the, you know? That for sure. And, uh, and he does a tremendous job. So Hennepin is lucky to have him. CCO is lucky to have him. And I'm lucky that management listened to me. Oh, thank is, you, uh, Denny. Well, different. thank you for those nice words. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Denny no, was going to say. I appreciate that yeah, a great deal. I do remember that show. I thought we'd... We'd see how long this thing lasted, and we're all—we literally are. This is like our 450-something wow. show, and so. Um, and I thanks to all the listeners and to Denny. He's the best in the business, the oh, best well. in the radio business, right? Here. Now the pressure's on. You got to go to Gosh, work. Gosh, I got to think of something <laughs> now. Yeah, right. I appreciate. If that. you if you do have a question, by all means, here in our uh, State Fair audience, come on up. We'll give you a microphone, or as always. We'll take your phone calls and text messages as well. Let me give you the phone number. That is uh, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I don't know if you'll be tweeting today. I can try it. Okay. Yep, tweet me. It's Dr. David Hilden. If you Twitter me, is that a word? If you tweet me your question, I can give that a whirl <laughs> as well. Or if you're here in the audience, there's a good 30, 40 people here already on a bright on a Sunday morning. If you're here in the audience and you have a question and you're gutsy and you want to ask it on the air, 
Um, don't worry, I won't do like a physical exam or something like that. I, I won't do that. But if you want to do that, you can walk right up here and do it as well. And we already uh, are getting uh, text messages uh, for you, Doctor. Uh, is closing a eustachian tube and resulting balance problems, could it be caused by allergies? It could be. So everybody's got a eustachian tube. It's the little tube that goes from your middle ear to your nose, and it's what equalizes the pressure in, and allows so when you're going up in an airplane or you're going down underwater and your ears plug up and you swallow or you yawn, um, that could be um, your eustachian tube is plugged and you are opening it up, and that's why it equalizes the pressure. And if you have allergies, you could have too much fluid in there, and you've got fluid everywhere when you have allergies. It can be in your eyes and your nose, and it could, um, it could plug up your eustachian tube. So if you have trouble... With constantly having to clear your ears, it's a good idea to, um, that's one thing to look at is talk to an allergist about that. All right, very good. Uh, let's see. I recently noticed a small bite on my wrist that looks like a bullseye. It is tender to the touch. Could it be a deer tick bite? It could be. So anybody had Lyme disease here? Have you, uh, yeah, no. you have? You've had Lyme? Yeah. So Lyme disease named after the town of Lyme, Connecticut. So there's two places in the country that you get Lyme disease. One is in the northeast around New York, Connecticut, and the other is Minnesota and um, and um, in northwestern Wisconsin. So the deer tick is is the deer got a bad rap actually on Lyme disease because the my, the ticks are mostly on mice, and and they crawl around the ground and they get up onto your legs. So the most common place is your legs, but it can be anywhere. And if you get a rash that looks like a bullseye. Literally, like it's clear in the middle and then it's red around it. That's very indicative of Lyme disease. Um, and uh, you should get an antibiotic for that. And the antibiotics do work um, relatively easy. But the thing is, most people in Lyme disease, they don't get that rash. That doesn't happen to most people. Um, you just don't ever get that. So if you're in an area of Lyme disease, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the upper Midwest, and certainly out in the Northeast by Connecticut and New York, then um, yes, you should, uh, and you have a rash, it's very possible, not certain, but possible that that's Lyme disease. All right. There is a line open if you'd like to use it, 651-989-9226. Let's go to the phones. Elizabeth is calling from St. Peter, Minnesota. Elizabeth, good morning. You're on with Dr. Hilden. Hi there. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I am... Training for my first marathon, the Tennessee Marathon. And There's I still have, time to turn back, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I have polycystic ovarian syndrome, uh-huh. and I'm wondering if you could talk about missing periods while training for a marathon and just how to do this in the healthiest way. Right. So I have people who are, I know one guy um, who was the coach of the running team at my kid's high school in Minneapolis and he had a lot to say about young women or any woman who is um, uh, a runner particularly because what often happens is that your menstrual periods stop. Now this is independent of your polycystic ovaries. Your menstrual periods often stop if you're a woman who is kind of a, a highly trained athlete. And um, whether or not that's a good or bad thing is a whole other question, but it's the real thing. You know, I think Olympic athletes, the women, probably none of them are having a menstrual period. It's very common. Um, and it's uh, due to uh, body fat and the changes in estrogens in your body. Um, so, so for you who who has poly, so for the audience and people listening, polycystic ovaries is a is a, a hereditary condition where your ovaries can get cystic and they can lead to um, abnormalities in your hormones and you can have irregular menstrual cycles and problems with fertility and the like. And and I I I'll have to say, Elizabeth, I'm not an expert. 
on what you have and so what the consequences of running for you I don't know but what I do tell people um, and women particularly when you're running make sure that you're really 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 attending to your diet um, running and training for marathons is not the time to try to lose weight it is not the time to I'm gonna lose 15 pounds by running a marathon it's a bad idea because your body's being taxed so much when you run a marathon that you are you need more nutrition not less this is not the time to do any of that so just make sure you're attending to your uh, your nutrition make sure you get enough protein and certainly enough carbs that's a big deal when you're running marathons and as many of the people who listen to the show I've, I'm like a, a little bit loose in the head I've run a lot of marathons and um, so I kind of know about that part but what I would suggest you do is make sure you just have a conversation with your doctor or your endocrinologist about is there anything special you need to know due to your um, ovarian problems but offhand I'd say best wishes to you you're gonna run the best marathon in the country I've run a bunch of them I've run a pretty one in Napa Valley, and I've run a very flat one in New Orleans, and none of them are as pretty as the Twin Cities Marathon. So you have good, good, uh, good, good luck with that, and um, you'll have a great run. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. There's a line open, or uh, send a text like a lot of folks are doing. Eight one eight zero seven. You know, we have uh, quite a few folks out here, but I, it seems to me your family has filled in half the seats. No, I, I know a few of these people. Not all of them, not all of them, but I have folks. Um, last week I asked where everybody's from, and everybody was from Minnesota. Well, this week I, I, you know, I, I thought I'd better go to the bullpen. I got a whole bunch of people from all over the place. I thought we'd say so. Uh, so I've got sisters-in-law here from Idaho. I've got nieces and nephews from Boston. I've got nieces and nephews from Brooklyn. I've got cousins here. Do I have any of my cousins? I've got a whole bunch of people. I've got one sister-in-law who's here from Nicaragua. And, and there she is. Yep, She came up from Nicaragua. So she might get the longest trip um, of anybody here. And then there, I have some old friends here. Um, I'm looking right at Jeanette, who comes out to the State Fair every year. And you know what I like about Jeanette? I like a lot about you, Jeanette. <laughs> I do. But I really like about Jeanette is that she sets me up with mini donuts. Ah. So I've already had some mini donuts. If you're listening on the radio, they are just as good as they sound. They're warm and gooey and sugary, and they're good for you. And and they're your carbs, so before you run carbs. again. Can I yeah. tell you one funny thing about sure. all my sisters? We get a house full of people, and I have a relatively health-conscious group of family members. They're, before we came to the fair, a bunch of them were eating healthy breakfasts. And I'm thinking, what the heck is that? You're going to the state fair. There's nothing but food. <laughs> We're, you know, you got to get a deep-fried Twinkie or something, and they're eating bagels with, you know, peanut butter on them and, and, drink, and eating health. So I, they're relatively health-conscious. So I'm going to introduce some of my out-of-town family members to deep-fried everything on a stick. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Lucky there's a doctor in the family. Exactly. Well, you know, one day a year, one day a year, you get to have anything on a stick. That's what I say. And it's deep-fried. You can't do it every day. But one day, it's good for you. All right. Welcome, everybody. Nice to see you. Uh, 651-989-9226. Uh, we're doing an open line show today. That means your general health questions for Dr. Hilden. And text, we got a bunch of them, 81807. My husband, this texter says, had a cortisone shot last week. We're wondering if there are side effects and how often he can safely get them. Yeah, that's a good one. I bet some of us have had it. I've had a cortisone injection in my knee once, and it helped for a minute, and then my knee got bad again. So cortisone is sort of a general term we use for steroid. We inject steroids for anti-inflammatory purposes. Anybody ever had a steroid injection, a cortisone shot? I'm seeing a dozen hands anyway. Um, very common, very common. And so 
uh, when I say steroids, these aren't the bodybuilding kind that, that turn you into Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're talking about anti-inflammatories like hydrocortisone. We use the word cortisone to mean kind of anything, any any of those steroids, even though I haven't injected the actual cortisone in decades. We use other things. Um, but it's an anti-inflammatory that helps pain and inflammation in joints, but it only does so for a short period of time. And if you do it too much, it's actually harmful. All steroids are harmful in the long term. So if you're taking cortisone shots a couple three times a year might be all you want to do on that and if you're taking steroids in a pill form um, they all have side effects as long as your arm there's a hundred side effects of steroids if you take them long term um, among them the longer term ones are osteoporosis um, cataracts and uh, skin thinning they lead to weight gain in a big way um, so long term you don't want to do systemic steroids in the short term few times a year is all I would limit yourself to in when you're getting an injection. All right, very good. I know we have to break in about a minute, but you're talking about running. Okay, I got to tell you about this one. HCMC, where I work, right here, best hospital in the upper Midwest. It's where I work over there in downtown Minneapolis. We have the best traumatic brain injury program there is, in my opinion. And Dr. Usma Samadani is a neurosurgeon friend of mine. She's been on this stage. She does brain, brain injury research. And we are um, honoring a woman who is a biathlete, a triathlete. Her name is Charlene. This Saturday, there's a run. Up at, um, and I'm going to read it to you here. It's at Three Rivers Park in Maple Plain. 100% of the, prote- the proceeds support her research at HCMC in brain injury. Um, it's this Saturday, 9 a.m. Oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. It's Sunday, Sunday at 9 a.m. right after this show at Baker Park in Maple Plain. And here's the best part about it. It's a run. It's a 5K, but you're supposed to bring your dog. It's a dog run because Charlene, the triathlete who unfortunately died, um, uh, uh, was a dog lover. So this Sunday, September 10th, Baker Park in Maple, Cl- Maple Plain, Charlene's dog run. And you can um, get more information at just Google Charlene's dog run. Okay. Very good. One week from today. One week from today. Very good. We'll take our usual break. We'll be right back. If anyone here in our audience has a question, a general health question for the doctor, come on right up to the railing or call us. There's a line open. You can use it, 651-989-9226, or text us, and we'll pick up on more text messages in a moment, 81807. We're live. Healthy Matters is from the Minnesota State Fair here on 830-WCCO. And good morning once again. We're broadcasting live here at the Minnesota State Fair with a good crowd here on our uh, veranda. Well, they're not on the veranda with us. They're nearby. It's a great crowd at the fair today. It is a great crowd. Dr. Hilden is taking your general health questions on another open line show here on Healthy Matters, 651-989-9226. And as you know, Doctor, a lot of people love the text-to-message way. I know, I know. It's the way people do things. And and, and before we get to that, you know, thank you, everybody, for coming out. It's a great crowd. I just ran into an old high school friend of mine. Really? She came up to introduce myself, or herself, and, you know, it's a great, that's why they call it the Great Minnesota Get-Together. I'm running into people that I haven't seen in a few years. Yeah, that happened to me just the other day, too. Folks that were on some CCO Good Neighbor tours a long time ago. All right, back to the uh, putting you back to work. Text number, by the way, is 81807. A first nosebleed at 79 years of age. Why do people get nosebleeds? Yeah, that's a good one. If you're on blood thinners or something, nosebleeds are a bad thing. But if you're not, they're a nuisance. And it's probably just dry air. Um, uh, you know, you're, uh, what I would tell a person who's getting it, first of all, you better look and see what it is. If you're getting your first one at age 79, have a, have a doctor look up your nose. Um, see what's up there. You might have a polyp. You might have a, a precancerous lesion. You might have all of that. Most likely, you got none of that. Most likely, it's just some dry air, 
and you're going to be fine. And uh, some nasal sprays will probably help that out. But anything that happens new, especially if blood is involved at age 79, go have it looked at. Texan, I think we had a comment about or a question about this before on another show. Please give an update, if you will, on atenolol availability. Uh, oh, I don't know if I, it, didn't, I know didn't know there was. There was. So atenolol is a beta blocker. It's a medication a lot of people are on, and I don't write many prescriptions for it anymore because it's been around since like the Eisenhower administration. It's been around a long time, <laughs> and it works. It works, but there are many, many more beta blockers that have come on the market since then that are a little easier to use for patients and are a little bit um, more specific to the purpose that we want. Um, and so I didn't know it was a, I, I didn't know that there was a shortage of atenolol, but if there is, you can switch to a newer beta blocker with no problem. So just go tell your doctor you you're, can't get atenolol and you need a beta blocker, so get a different one. That's right. easy to do. That should not be a problem at all. So that's a very, very common medication. Folks are calling in, 651-989-9226. Again, text number is 81807. I'm going to paraphrase this in, folks, in case folks are having some state fair food. Uh, how do you diagnose allergies? After I eat, I get sick, bad stomach pain, lower GI problems. But a couple of hours uh, after they eat, once all that passes, pardon the expression, uh, a <laughs> good one. It, uh, they uh, they feel better. Yeah, uh, you know, food allergies are are um, a tough one because I'd say about eighty percent of the people here in front of us today are going to go home and have those symptoms. You know, we're, we're all going to go home. We're all going to have belly pain, a little bit of bloating. You know, we're all going to have that, and that's just because we've eaten a whole bunch of fat and grease and things that maybe aren't the healthiest for our intestines. But if you're a real allergy, a true hypersensitivity reaction to food will result usually in rashes or trouble breathing um, and and that would be a true allergy. What you're getting if you're getting a little bit of loose stools after eating may or may not be an allergy. Much more likely you just have a sensitivity to that food and it's probably a lot of people have that with gluten. Everybody thinks they have a gluten allergy. The thing is there are some people who have gluten, real gluten problems. Um, but it's not as many as people who think they do. What they have is a sensitivity to gluten. And, and, and if that is the case, cut it out of your diet and see if it gets better. What about IBS? Yeah, irritable bowel. Yeah, so that is a, it's a functional problem with your intestines where they're anatomically they work fine. But, but they don't function right. They go too fast and you get diarrhea, or they go too slow and you get constipation. That's not an allergy. That's um, probably a neural neurologic problem that's tied in more to your mental well-being and, and things like that. All right, let's see. We'll go. I do have the, a, can I can I do yeah. this Twitter one? Oh, I just want to do this sure. just because this is a um, one guy says uh, I have tendonitis, and then I'm, this is more of a joke. It says I have tendonitis. My doctor says it's another thing, but he also says. I have to work really long night shifts. I wish my boss would stop making me work overnight. And this happens to be one of the doctors texting me from Hennepin <laughs> right now. So, 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 so for all of you patients at HCMC and the doctors who are smart Alex, who are, who are using the entire radio show, I'm hereby telling you that you got to keep working, dude. <laughs> the bad news. All right. Uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, Jim in West St. Paul has called in. Go ahead, Jim. You're on CCO. Yes, I have a problem with uh, itchy ears. I need to scratch them all the time. I do get some wax out, but not much. Do you use Q-tips? Uh, I used to, but not anymore. Yeah. So is it inside your ear, or is it more on the outer part? 
like it's the skin inside, part. Inside, well down in the ear canal, it seems. Yeah, like. yeah. So it's probably there's a name for that. It's probably otitis externa, which is um, uh, inflammation of your ear canals on the outer part as opposed to the inner part. It's externa. And the reason I asked about Q-tips because if anybody out there is using Q-tips, quit it. You shouldn't do that. That's not a good idea. I, I used to use them when they had wooden handles, but now they're so flimsy they don't do any good. They used to have wooden handles on Q-tips? Yes. Denny's nodding. He's nodding. So I tell people that you shouldn't put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear. You can put your elbow in there. That's it. And the reason for that is that, and I'll get to your dry ears thing in a second, but um, I had a guy in the shower Literally, he was taking a shower, and he's cleaning his ears out with a Q-tip. He slipped in the shower, and the Q-tip went through his eardrum. And, and so he perforated his eardrum, and that's uh, something to be avoided. Um, uh, and, and that would be one story of dozens, more than I can count of my colleagues who have had people popping Q-tips through their eardrums. Your eardrum's the thin six or seven cells thick um, membrane. You need it to be vibrating at high frequencies. You don't need holes in it. So don't use Q-tips. But the other thing is that, you're, that it's probably dryness. Your inner, your ear canals are probably dry. So you can use a number of remedies for that. Um, you probably don't need anything more. Some people literally use like mineral oil. You can just buy a natural oil and put it in. I wouldn't like well, I suppose you could use cooking oil, but it might get kind of bad. You know, go get some mineral oil. Or you can buy drops that will be considerably more expensive. They're just lubricating drops. In general, we don't have to clean our ear canals. They, we don't have to. They're self-cleaning. If you, if you do try to clean them, you're more likely to just push the wax further in and make it worse. So we, in general, don't try to clean your ears. But if you're really having trouble hearing things sound muffled, you can go to a doctor's office and they can spray some saline in there and clean them out for you. And once that's done, um, you can use some drops. But if it's persistent and it just doesn't get better, I do always recommend you have somebody take a little uh, otoscope and take a look in there and make sure that you're not missing something. All right, let's go back to the tech screen. A 54-year-old female through menopause said, I have uh, gained 10 to 15 pounds over the past year. I've lowered my calorie intake and run 10 to 15 miles a week. The weight is not going away around my waist, hips, and thighs. Help. 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 So what I would tell this person is not what they want to hear. Um, a little bit of weight gain after menopause is normal. It's normal, normal, normal. And, um, you know, and, and if a woman has gained 5, or 10, 15 pounds in the years following menopause, it's normal. Um, and and that would so that's not what people generally want to hear. But I'm saying it so don't feel like you're abnormal and you've got to do something horrible. You're just a normal woman if you've gained a little bit of weight. In fact, all of us gain a little bit of weight, so don't beat yourself up over that. What I would do is exactly what this person's doing. Exercise 10 to 15 miles of running a week is a good amount. That's not too much. Eat right, and um, and that's about all I could suggest in that. And it's hard to say that um, if you're really uncomfortable with it. Um, keep um, you can't exercise your waist to weight loss usually. Usually it has to be in a, a reduction in your caloric intake. So you could go on a, a diet, which I loathe to say, because it's normal. All right, we have about a minute and a half to go, doctor, before the break. Uh, let's uh, see if we can feel this text. I was diagnosed with a UTI Friday. Have been sick since Tuesday night. Been on an antibiotic since Friday morning. Still running a low-grade fever and a little achy. How long should the recovery take? Just a few days for a UTI. Um, and if you're sick for many, many, many days, it might be something else. Um, urinary tract infections are very easy to treat with antibiotics. They uh, they almost always work. Um, 
Um, my bigger concern about urinary tract infections is that we over-treat them. We prescribe way too many antibiotics in this country, way, way too many. And so I would make sure you have an infection first before starting an antibiotic. And if you do, it should get better in a few days. And if you're not getting better in a few days, then go have it looked at because it might be something else. Just a quick note as we head to the break, uh, we'll be back downtown studios next week. But we're going to be talking, you will be talking with uh, Dr. Peter Polsky, I understand. Yeah, we're gonna have a, I'm going to have a chiropractor and an acupuncturist on the show next week. We're going to talk about alternatives to medications for pain control. Um, and it's I, it's a fascinating topic, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to that. So I won't be here at the fair, but tune in on CCO or listen on WCCO.com. Very good. Our phone number is 651-989-9226. I do see a line open if you want to fill it for your general health question. Or send a text, and we'll pick up on more of those when we come back after the break. 81807. 61 degrees here at the fair. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the second half of Hennepin County Medical Center's Healthy Matters. We're live here at the Minnesota State Fair. Just to prove it, just hello, hello test. Something happened to my headphones. That's why I can't hear myself. All right. A little applause for Dr. Hilden. All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here. It's a great crowd out here on, on a beautiful late summer day. Um, so thank you, everybody, for listening, whether you're in right here at the fair, like some of my old friends who are right here in front of us at the fair today, or whether you're listening anywhere in Minnesota, Wisconsin, the upper Midwest, Arizona. I heard we have some fans in Arizona. Africa, wherever you happen to be listening on WCCO.com. Thank you for listening. And frankly, the show would be kind of a dud if no one listened. And so I appreciate you listening. Um, for those of you who are kind of a little bit more connected and tuned in, check us out at WCCO.com. You can stream it live. And also you can go to my blog site, which is, oh, I suddenly got something in my ear. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, perfect. Sorry about that if you're listening on the radio. Um, uh Go to the blog site, which is the same name as the show, Healthy Matters, but you put the word my in front of it, myhealthymatters.org. And um, I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at my picture on a stick here, Denny. I don't know about that. <laughs> that, that there's something disconcerting to look out over a crowd of people and seeing your face like um, it's uh, 18 inches high on a stick. But um, for those of you listening from uh, far away, uh, the Minnesota State Fair is sort of characterized by everything's on a stick. And so um, you can get a pot roast on a stick and a Twinkie on a stick, and you can get apparently um, my face on a stick. But uh, we're going to probably put that one my away. My son Tony here uh, last week got an egg roll on a stick. An egg roll? Huge. Was it good, Tony? All right, Tony's up here with us. Tony's been coming out for a lot of years to the fair with us. Um, Absolutely. An egg roll on a stick. That sounds actually pretty good. I guess it was one of the best. Egg rolls for breakfast? Have at it. All right, we've got uh, have callers. Uh, I see a line open if you want to use the phone for your question for Dr. Hilden, 651-989-9226. Text, we've got a lot of those, 81807. Let's go back to the phones, though, see who's been waiting. Fred is calling from Edina with a question. Go ahead, Fred. The doctor's listening. Yes, thank you. Good morning. Uh, my wife, several <clears throat> months ago, fell and suffered a compression fracture on one of her vertebrae. Uh, based on that, her internist has has diagnosed osteoporosis, and has prescribed a reclassed infusion 
and we've done a little bit of reading on it, and they're somewhat concerned about some of the potential side effects and how long this thing takes. And I'm wondering if you might uh, comment on that, please. Yeah, Brad, that's a great question, and you are um, you're going to tax my brain because it's bright and early on a Sunday morning, and I'm looking at the giant slide, but I'm going to try to remember what an osteoclast does. Um, what the, your bones, osteopor, your bones are not just like this piece of wood in front of me, just sitting here. Your bones are constantly turning over. It is an organ like everything else, and the cells are dying off, and that is done by a cell called the osteoclast with a C, and then they're, be, they're rebuilding, and that's done by a cell called the osteoblast with a B, and that's happening all the time. In osteoporosis, those osteoclasts are, are winning, and, and the breakdown of the mineral in your bone is, is overtaking the rebuilding of new bone, and the mineral density of your bone gets weaker, weaker, weaker and it puts you at risk for fracture it's most common in older women generally slender older women generally women of european or asian descent um, it's less common in, in heavier people it's less common in african um, descent people and, and latinos but that's a con that's called osteoporosis and what it does is if it happens in your spine your spine collapses on itself sort of like a brick that's gone sandy the, the spine just collapses on itself and that's called a compression fracture they can hurt they can cause disability but they're very common so that's kind of the background of osteoporosis the treatments have largely been bisphosphonates which many of the women have probably in the room especially and some of you men um, it's a pill you swallow once a week and they're very, very, very effective, but they do have some side effects. They can lead to some jaw and bone problems, and and so we, not everybody loves those. These osteoclast infusions that the, that Fred's talking about is a newer way to do it, which is which which um, is actually quite helpful. Um, I would recommend it if you're having fractures from your osteoporosis. I think it's a good route to consider, Fred. I'm not going to tell you too much about the side effects because, frankly, it's outside my area of expertise and I'd be guessing. Um, so I would um, simply ask very honestly of the person wanting to do it, what are the side effects of this and, and what are the risks of not doing it? In any medical intervention, ask, what happens if I don't do anything? That's what I would ask. But in general, if you're having fractures, from your osteoporosis, I would I would seek out some treatments, and I've, I've heard good things about the, the osteoclast infusions that you're talking about. I have heard good things about it. All right, very good. Thank you, Fred. Uh, let's go back to the phones. Betty is calling in from uh, St. Louis Park with a question. Go ahead, Betty. Yes, good morning. I appreciate your show. Thanks, Betty. I've been uh, diagnosed with um, trigeminal neuralgia, and I've had... Um, a north-south um, condition for several years, which have found uh, topiramate to work wonderfully. But now recently, in the last six months, I've had uh, an additional pain going from my ear toward my nose. And uh, they haven't been able, they've added additional dosage of uh, topiramate and it hasn't helped. Recently, a new neurologist uh, I've been working with, and he's uh, suggested starting carbam carbamazepine. Yeah, I haven't uh, had a chance to start that yet, but nobody is able to tell me where this, why this starts, and why it's. 
coming. Can you tell me more about it? Yeah, it's a great question, and I'm, I'm afraid I might disappoint you too because we don't know a whole lot. So your trigeminal nerve is your fifth cranial nerve. You have 12 nerves that come out of your skull, and um, this is the fifth one. You know, there are things like the first one's the one that allows you to smell, and the second and third one are the ones that allow you to see, and, and, and on and on. The fifth one supplies your face, and there's, there's three branches of the trigeminal nerve, or the fifth cranial nerve, and it supplies the nerves to your face. And if one of them's gone haywire on you, it causes pain literally in your face, and it's a bummer. And we're not sure what causes that, and so doctors often say, well, maybe it's a virus, maybe it's this, that, or the other thing, and we're not sure. But people who have trigeminal neuralgia are in real, real pain. It hurts. It really does. And so we use medications generally that are good for neuropathic pain, and you're on those. Topiramate, or goes under the brand name Topamax, is one of the first-line ones because it doesn't have very many side effects. Carbamazepine is an anticonvulsant, and it does work as well. I would recommend if you're having pain that you try these. They are effective. Um, you have to take them sometimes long-term. Um, I have heard somebody get um, um, some results from acupuncture. I do encourage you, listen next week. Betty, listen to the show next week. I'll see if I can ask the acupuncturist whether that works because there might be some things that aren't in a pill that help as well. But um, I, I think the suggestion that you're getting to try that second medication for your trigeminal neuralgia, that carbamazepine, is reasonable. That's a reasonable thing to do because I know people who are really suffering from this. And it goes away in many people. It does not in some others. And so sometimes you have to treat it with some long-term pain medications. I know we have to break here in about a minute, but maybe we could, uh, for folks, maybe miss the first half of the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. I want to, you know, um, if you're a runner, any runners out there, there's got to be a couple runners out there. It's not just me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, HCMC, my hospital, does brain injury research. And I want to encourage you to um, support brain injury research. We're the, the biggest, we're the best one certainly in the state of Minnesota and so um, our brain injury research program is is nationally known there's a, a woman who was a biathlete a triathlete she did Ironmans her name was Charlene and she died from a brain injury and um, she was a remarkable woman I am told I didn't get to meet her but the next Sunday her family is honoring her and raising funds for brain injury research at Charlene's dog run and it's called the dog run because it's a 5k but we want you to bring your dog because she was a huge dog lover so you don't have to be fast just bring your dog and walk your dog for three miles try that it's at Baker Park in Maple Grove um, go to Charlene's dog run it's online you can just google that it's um uh, and uh, sign up and have a nice day and support brain injury research and if you want more information go to the blog site which is myhealthymatters.org and on there I talk about just google dog run or, uh, or or search for it and you can get more information Charlene's dog run next Sunday right after the show out in Maple Grove. Baker Park. Very good. We'll take a break. We have more show to come here live from the fair. 63 degrees now here on 830 WCCO. And again, good morning to you. We're broadcasting our health show, Healthy Matters, from the Minnesota State Fair. A beautiful day. Maybe 88 will be the high later today on this gorgeous weekend. If you're coming to the fair, stop by our CCO Broadcast Center. We'd be glad to, to say hello. Couldn't uh, be a better day at no, the fair it's beautiful. I, I wish it stayed this temperature. But it's going to be 80. It's going to be good. 88 beautiful and 72 day. tomorrow. There isn't a cloud in the sky. It's a beautiful day to be out here and uh, get out to the fair. Let's. Uh, I think we have a caller waiting in Arlington, Minnesota. Martha's there with a question for the doctor. Go ahead, Martha. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. As someone who has been uh, told that the glucose is elevated, what's uh, the word on the use of cinnamon or berberine? And also... 
Uh, how about sweeteners use? And also, does this, uh, like, uh, diabetes jump a generation or two? Because it has shown up now where it hasn't in the last two generations. Yeah, good question. So diabetes does have a genetic component, but only about half the people with diabetes had somebody else who had it. So it's, it's not real clear about the exact genetic basis. It's far, diabetes is far more related to our weight and our diet. And so, if you, so it's probably the case that you have some genetic predisposition to diabetes, and then it's our diet and our weight. So it's directly related to obesity. That's one thing. But you don't have to be overweight to have diabetes. It just makes it worse. In terms of the other things you mentioned for high blood sugar, cinnamon and the like, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Um, I, I will tell you for a certainty that those aren't proven. They're not proven. It doesn't mean that there might not be something to it, but they would not be considered um, something I can recommend because I try to stick to things that have some medical evidence behind them, and there would not be any medical evidence behind cinnamon or, or anything else for diabetes. Doesn't mean there might not be something there. I'm open to new ideas, but right now I can't recommend that. So if your blood sugar is higher than 126 when you're fasting, that's diabetes. If it's higher than... Um, uh, 126 when fasting, you should have it rechecked, and if it's uh, if it's still that high a second time, you have diabetes, and you should take something for that to get your blood sugars down. Diabetes has a lot of complications, a lot. Even though about 10% of the population has diabetes, it's probably a third of the of the people in doctors' offices. It causes everything. It's a leading cause of kidney failure. It's a huge risk factor for heart disease. It causes blindness. The leading cause of blindness in this country is diabetes. So make sure if you do have high blood sugars and you have diabetes that whatever you're doing to get it down, you do. The first thing to do is to lose weight, and the second thing is to take medications. And I don't care what medications you have to take, just get it down. All right, let's see if we can pick up on a text or two before we run out of time. Uh, plantar fasciitis, texture says, and twisted it, heard crunching, and hurts like heck. What Whoa. can I do? Plantar fasciitis is like an overuse injury of your heel and the arch of your foot, and it hurts. And so get good footwear, get your feet fitted. Um, you can try stretching exercises and all that. If you feel a crunching and a tearing down there, it's probably more than just fasciitis. You probably pulled or ruptured a tendon or a ligament, um, like your Achilles tendon, or, or you sprained your ankle, basically. Uh, this texture says this, is there anything you can do for peripheral neuropathy? I take 600 milligrams of gabapentin to no avail. Yeah, peripheral neuropathy can be due to any number of causes. The most common would be, like on the previous caller, diabetes. That's the most common cause. And if you have peripheral neuropathy from diabetes, you get your diabetes under control. Um, beyond that, it's very difficult to reverse. If you have other causes of peripheral neuropathy, like vitamin deficiency, B12, HIV can do it. Alcohol does it. Excessive alcohol use leads to peripheral neuropathy. Get to the underlying cause. But otherwise, you have to take some medications like this person is having to do. I'm going to ask one more thing. Because somebody here, Ginny at the fair, said that she had trigeminal neuralgia and Botox injections worked for her. So for the previous person who had that, that's something to look into. Okay, very good. Let's see if we can grab another one here. What could cause an O2 saturation to drop in a COPD patient after having an infection in the lungs? Yeah, yeah, COPD is emphysema or chronic bronchitis. It is a direct consequence of smoking, and um, it is uh, um, your, your blood oxygen levels drop because your lungs, which should look like a sponge, get chewed out in emphysema, and they look more like Swiss cheese. And so your oxygen dropping in COPD is a sign that your disease is getting worse, and you probably should be on oxygen. 
Uh, quickly, can a long use of methotrexate cause thrush yeast infection? Probably. Methotrexate is a disease-modifying agent for rheumatoid arthritis and a number of other causes, but it does change your immune system around. And, yes, you could have a few more infections with that. We have 60 seconds 60 to go. 60 seconds. Thank you, everybody, for coming out to the show. Um, have a great day at the fair today. It's good to have everybody out here. We've got the biggest crowd we've ever had, I think. At the, there's you know, 50, 60 people standing here, and I appreciate you coming out here. Thanks for listening to the show. You need a doctor. You live in the western metro area, 612-873-MY-MD. 612-873-6963. We'll set you up with a doctor, and for sure, check out myhealthymatters.org. What's the next week's show? Next week, we're going to have an acupuncturist and a chiropractor talking about non-pharmacologic treatment of pain. You're going to want to tune in for that one. And don't forget that dog run. Dog run, Charlene's dog run, Charlene's dog run for brain injury research next Sunday at Baker Park in the Western Metro. Um, Google Charlene's dog run. Charlene, Charlene's dog run. And uh, get out there with your dog. See you back in the studio next week. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Thanks very much. Stay tuned next. Bruce Helmer standing by. Get those financial questions ready live from the Minnesota State Fair. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.